0: Well, for you guys. It's good to see you guys. I love you guys. Um, man, uh, this past week, uh, uh, we joined a YMCA in uh, Willow Grove and uh, where we live. Yeah, got some YMCAs here. And uh, I took uh, our girls to the pool area. Um, they, they have an awesome pool area. And uh, our five and three-year-old daughters And uh, on Friday. And uh, man, um, I feel like... Uh, Uh, God was just kind of speaking to me um, uh, about this concept of intimacy with him and carrying over into intimacy uh, with others in our relationships and particularly with my kids in that moment. Um, Man, I was thinking how, you know, intimacy uh, with them uh, in that moment, it wasn't just like sitting outside of the pool, Um, It wasn't them being in the pool and playing and then me just sitting outside of the pool uh, on this bench and just observing them and watching them. Man, that is not intimacy. Um, That's not what that is. Rather, intimacy uh, was actually getting into the pool with them. Um, and playing with them and interacting with them and dragging them along and playing on the little surfboards. And, you know, they were playing dog and they would have me go throw a toy and they would fetch it like a dog and bring it back. And we were just doing that for, uh, for an endless amount of time. And, um, but man, that, that's really what intimacy and that's, uh, that's, what, uh, that's basically what God has done. Uh, That's what we're talking about right now in this uh, message series. Uh, God um, has made himself known to us in Christ um, because he wants to be personally known. Uh, He wants to have an intimate relationship uh, with us. And and man, God, he jumped into the pool with us. Um, He he wasn't just sitting outside of the pool and just observing and watching us just screw up and, you know, be stupid and and whatever it is that we do. Uh, Man, he actually jumped into the pool with us us, uh, to be with us, and to interact with us. Uh, He he did that in Christ. And man, that changes things when we really understand that. Uh, That changes things in our lives, and uh, it changes our our relationships. And uh, we're in this study right now called, it started last week, we're in this study called uh, Intimacy Issues. Uh, Intimacy Issues, and last week I shared for you our vision for 2020. And beyond, which is which is just this key word, uh, intimacy, um, and particularly uh, intimacy with God. And uh, man, we're we're complicated people, are we not? We're complicated. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I'm complicated. You know, um, I feel like I've got some things together pretty decently, but I'm I'm a complicated person. I think we're all complicated in our own unique uh, particular ways We're we're filled with insecurities, right, we're we're filled with insecurities, misguided motivations sometimes that just lead us down paths that are like, what are you doing? Uh, Misguided motivations and uh, confusing emotions, you know, feeling things. And uh, man, we're also up against a culture. Uh, we're up against a culture um, that really doesn't have a, a solid understanding of what in, a good, healthy intimacy even is um, in relationships, let alone even God. Like our culture does not understand that we can have an intimate, personal relationship uh, with God. Uh, and that's so foreign. That's so alien to, to culture. Um, but man, that's what a relationship with Jesus is. And all of this complicatedness and these insecurities and misguided motivations and all these things, they carry over into our personal daily lives and how we relate with God, if we're even relating with God. They all carry over... But this study, first, it's not about how to have greater intimacy in our lives and relationships. I want to be really explicit about that. Um, It's not about that. It's not about just how to have greater intimacy in our relationships and our lives. It's first and foremost, it's about intimacy with God. It's about intimacy with God. If we don't love God as we should, man, if we don't love God, we will never love people. We will never love people the way we should. I'm just laying the gauntlet down right there. And it's not just me, it's scripture. If we don't love God first, we will never love people the way that we should. And man, this, this, the, this series of messages, that's what it's about. It's about intimacy with God. And allowing that to overflow into our lives in lots of different ways. So, man, just as a recap uh, of what we learned last week, intimacy with God is like this deep closeness. It's like a deep friendship. It's a relationship. It's depth of relationship with God. And to be intimate with God, um, it's not to be intellectually informed about Him. Like I read these on these words on the page, and okay, that's what He's like. Like I get that. It's not about being informed about Him, but it's to experience Him it's about to experience his presence as reality you know like I was giving that example with my daughters in the pool you know with my daughters being at home with my daughters and just being in the picture it doesn't equate to intimacy just being there it doesn't equate to intimacy to them the information that I'm in the room doesn't impact them but it's my interaction with them that impacts them It's my interaction with them. Intimacy is interacting and playing with them and talking to them and asking and answering questions and daddy-daughter dates and all those things that we try to do. I'm participating in who they are. I'm responsive to the things she says and I'm sensitive to the things that they do. And it's the same thing with God. It's the same thing with God. Interacting. It's vulnerability. It's wrestling and struggling with him. It's experiencing him. To know God is not to know about him, but, but to enter into his existence and his being and his personality and, and his character and experiencing. And that, that is what it's all about to God. It's not about the rules. It's not all about the rules. It's about knowing God in relationship with him. He desires intimacy with us and our lives depend on it. Our lives depend on intimacy with him, but something isn't right. Something isn't right, man. Something is broken. Our relationship with God and people, they fall short. Do do we not? Like, I'm constantly disappointing myself. You know, I want to worship God. I want to have this intimate relationship with him. And I feel like I'm growing in intimacy with him. But man, there's always a setback. There's always an obstacle. There's always a struggle. It's like, why can't this be easy? Man, what is wrong? And God's not the problem. He's not the issue. It's us. Something is broken. And we struggle. And oftentimes, so to get something right, to get something right, you have to go back and understand how something went wrong. You got to go back to the beginning and understand how something went wrong. And in our case, intimacy with God is so important. And we know it's broken. We have to understand how it got broke. And to do this, we have to go back to the beginning, which is Genesis. The book of Genesis. And Genesis chapter 3 in particular. Genesis chapter 3 will, will answer our questions. and It's a relatively long text. It's a relatively long text. and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read through it all first. Okay, I'm going to read through it all first. And then I'm going to break it down by highlighting some key verses. So let's get into the scripture. It's up there on the screen. We'll start a little bit in chapter 2 because it sets up some, some key uh, things. But the scripture, it says this. It says, So the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat it, eat of it you shall surely die. And then it continues in Genesis 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say that? Did he actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, well, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. And neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths." I wanna stop there really quick and just kind of, uh, I wanna talk about this first point, uh, the reason for broken intimacy. And we really see that reason. This is why intimacy with God is broken. We see that here in this text. And I'm not gonna get into this point too much because we're gonna address it again later in this series uh, in more detail. But man, there was once uh, unhindered, uh, uh, uninhibited, close friendship and intimate relationship between God and man. There was a harmony when he first created man and woman there was a perfect harmony and we see god give here mankind one of his first commands one of its first commands and that's to not eat uh, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and that tree that tree is the present it's 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 basically the presence of that tree is the presence of a choice it's the presence of a choice god good, it's good to be creatures of free will it's good that we have a choice and god gives us a choice he gives us a choice. If there's never a command or never something forbidden, there can never be a choice. But God wants intimacy with us. He wants intimacy. He wants a relationship with us. He wants our love and our obedience to him to be willing, not out of compulsion and not being forced. So he gives us a choice. And what we see here, this is how intimacy was broken with God and ultimately with our people is uh, they disobeyed. Man, we disobey. We sin. Intimacy broke here. This is where intimacy with God, we find, broke. It's the reason for broken intimacy with God is disobedience. It's not listening to what God says, thinking they knew better than God, believing the lie, believing a lie, and not the truth of his word. Not the truth of his word. God's word Man, his commands aren't meant to constrict us, but to free us and to bless us. They're for our good. They're not for our bad. They are for our good. When sin entered the human race, it rendered everyone spiritually dead. It rendered all of us spiritually dead and alienated from God. Man, we left intimacy with God. We left this harmony uh, with God when we disobeyed. And we were no longer able to unite with the Lord in relationship and intimacy. Man, his word, his truth reveal his holiness and his character. His law reveals his holiness and his character. And it leads us into intimacy with him. Disobedience stifles intimacy with God. It stifles intimacy with God when we don't listen to Him. So that's the reason, man. That is the reason why intimacy with God is broken. And I'm not going to get into it much longer, much longer, because uh, again, we're going to address that later in this message series a little bit more. But man, uh, I want to get into the scripture again and, and start working through these verses. And we're going to continue there with uh, with verse seven uh, through thirteen. And it says, "Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked." Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me of the fruit of the tree. And I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? And the woman said, The serpent deceived me. And I ate. Man, the next point I want to talk about here in this scripture is, is the effects of broken intimacy with God that we really see here. The effects of, of, of a broken intimacy with God. Man, I want to highlight what happens immediately after they ate fruit. The text, it puts a lot of emphasis on their nakedness. It puts a lot of emphasis on their nakedness and this broken intimacy uh, began working itself out in their lives, right? And, and what do they do? Man, they, they, they pull the old duck and dodge on God. They hide, they hide. And multiple times it talks about this concept of them hiding. That's a significant detail. We might think that's a small detail. That's significant. That is a significant detail that they hid from God. And the scripture says that their eyes were opened. Their eyes were opened. But I want to say that they were open, not in the sense that they were closed before. They weren't closed before. Their eyes were just now open to something new open to just something else. The knowledge of good and evil. Their eyes were open to to something else. We see this catastrophic shift in perspective in Adam and Eve in this text. It goes from an unhindered God consciousness, right? They have this harmony with God and this intimacy with God. And now there's this catastrophic shift in in the way they see things. Their eyes are opened. And now it's just unbridled self-consciousness unbridled self-consciousness for the first time they start looking at themselves they start looking at themselves and they don't really like what they see they took their sights off god they took their sights off god god was at the center he was at the center and now somebody else has taken center stage in their lives who themselves themselves. This is devastating. This is devastating. Self-centeredness is at the heart of sin and our separation from God. Self-centeredness is at the heart of broken intimacy with God. Self-centeredness stifles intimacy with God. And man, does it stifle intimacy with others in our lives self-centeredness. Man, intimacy with God stifles when we hide from him. We hide from God. Man, I can't I can't stress that detail enough in this text. The fact that Adam and Eve hid from God. Man, they're vulnerable, but they don't want to be vulnerable, so they hide. There's a lack of transparency. Why are they hiding? They don't need to hide. Why are they afraid? Man, it's God they're dealing with. Why are they afraid? Why are they hiring? Why are they. There's this lack of transparency. Man, we know something is wrong, but we want to keep it under the surface and we want to hide it from God. Man, we hide from others in our relationships. Man, we're not transparent with God, and as a result, we're not transparent with others. Man, we don't want to be vulnerable with others. Man, the, the, the broken intimacy with God immediately spilled over into the intimacy between Adam and Eve. And you see what happened? Adam blames Eve, right? Adam just blames his wife. He points the finger. He blames his wife. Eve blames Satan. Eve blames Satan. There's just, there's just this broken intimacy now. And it's spilling over into their, their relationship, into their lives. And, and they're blaming, they're pointing fingers. It's self-centeredness. It's because of this new self centeredness. Adam blamed her. He was only looking out for himself. Man, that intimacy was broken. Ever since this fateful moment, man, we've been hiding from God ever since. We have been hiding from God ever since this moment. We have been hiding from people ever since this moment. Man, and we're really good at it. <laughs> Are we not? We're really good at hiding. Actually, let me, let me amend that. We think we're good at it. We think we're good at it. We're not really good at it. God knows all. He sees all. He knows your thoughts. He knows every hair on your, on your, on your head. We think we're hiding from him, but we're not. But we're really, really good at this. Why do we hide from God? Why do we hide from him? Why do we stifle this intimacy with God by hiding from him? Man, in one word, insecurity. Insecurity. Man, because of this self-centeredness that's come into our lives and into our hearts and our minds and our in our eyes, man, it makes us just so completely insecure about ourselves. God is our security. He was our security, but we've lost intimacy with him and we are alienated from him. Now, our self-centeredness causes us to always think about ourselves, to always think about ourselves and how we look and what people think of us. And deep down, we don't like what we see. We know we have sinned, we know something is broken. Man, we know it deep down, something's just not right. Something just isn't right. And we're not pleased with ourselves, we're ashamed. We know we've done wrong. We believe our view of ourselves and not the truth of God's word. We believe our view of ourselves and not the truth of what God says. Man, we are sinful. We are sinful. But man, despite that, God still loves us. God still loves us. We don't have to hide. We don't have to hide from him. We don't have to be afraid. But man, it's the sin, the self-centeredness that causes us to think, no, Look at me, look at me, 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 I, I, I. No, God, 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 God. What does God say? What does he say? We don't have to hide. God never gives us any reason to believe that we have to hide from him, never. Adam and Eve didn't have to hide from God. They didn't have to do that. They didn't have to be afraid. But the problem was they just started looking at themselves and this self-centeredness and sin started brewing in their hearts and it's the same thing for us. It's the same thing for us. Man, we look at ourselves too much. I remember when I, our daughter got a little bit older and we were like, man, I don't know. If I, I thought to myself, should we give her a mirror? You know, should we put her in front of a mirror? Because, man, when we just start, like, you know, looking at ourselves, things can just happen, you know? Now, inevitably, in, 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 our, in, in life, you do eventually, you know, stand in front of a mirror and we start looking at ourselves. But, man, that's kind of just like a microcosm of, like, the obsession we have about ourselves, constantly looking at ourselves and looking in the mirror, we should be looking into the mirror of God's word and his truth and what he says about us, not how we see ourselves or what we think about ourselves. So when we do that, we start hiding. We start hiding. It's very difficult for us to get past our wrongdoing because of our self-absorbedness. And sin and and self-absorbedness, it cultivates in us and hinders us from being vulnerable and honest with God. And we hide. And it's the same thing in our relationships. It's the same thing in our relationships. We're just not vulnerable with people. And we're not honest with people. We're not open. We hide. We run. Man, the moment we get close to somebody, we step away. The moment we start to become a little bit vulnerable with somebody, we start ducking and dodging people. But it starts with ducking and dodging from God that's where it starts. Man, where do we hide? Where do we hide? Because we're really good at it. We think we're really good at hiding. Man, we hide from God by by hiding in other things and stifling intimacy with him, whether it's alcohol abuse or substance abuse or, man, we hide in sex. We hide in our work, our overwork, right? Our hiding places have a significant impact on our relationship with God and others, It's that spouse. It's that spouse who overworks. He hides in his overwork to avoid intimacy with his wife and children, but he does it in the name of providing for his family. He's hiding in his work, in his overwork. Or the pastor. It's the pastor who overworks to avoid intimacy with his family, and he hides in his ministry, and he does it in the name of God's mission. In the name of God's mission. It's the parent who has to put on a facade of perfection for for their kids. Making the parent feel better about themselves. They're hiding behind their kids. And they do it in the name of caring about their kids. Right? Or it's the parent who wants others to to see their kids. And and they want their kids to look and dress and act a certain way. And uh, they want their kids to be high achievers because they wanna get their significance from their kids. They're hiding behind their kids. It's making them feel more important and more significant. So the parent can feel better about themselves and they do it through the kids. Man, that stifles intimacy with, with with their family and their kids. Man, we hide. We're not vulnerable, we're not honest and it starts with our intimacy with God. When we stop going to other people and places for our security and start going to God for our security. When we stop hiding from God, when we stop hiding from him is when we can start showing up in our relationships. We can start showing up in our relationships. But regaining intimacy with God has to start with God. It doesn't start with us. Man, when we try to do it in our own strength and when we try to do it, when we try to start it with us, okay, you know what? This is going to be a great day. I'm, I'm going to muster up all my strength and I, I'm going to do this, right? I'm going to get this intimacy back. I'm going to work hard for it. When it's initiated by us, it's going to fail every time. It has to be initiated by God, not us. And so where should we, where should we hide? Man, Scripture tells us to hide somewhere, actually. Where should we hide? Well, immediately after Adam and Eve sins, immediately after Adam and Eve sin, he starts to provide for them in a really intimate way. I love the verse. I think it's 15 uh, or or 21 where it talks about uh, he makes clothes for them out of skins. That's just a really intimate kind of like situation. Right? He provides for them in their sin and in their disobedience. He provides for them. He starts providing for them. He helps them. And he makes clothes for them. I don't know what it looked like or how it went, but can you imagine just God just kind of knitting you know, for them? It's such an intimate like scene. You know. And we see God just initiating and, and coming closer and wanting to help them get this intimacy back and his relationship with them. But more importantly, more importantly, man, we see God really provide something big. We really see him in this scripture provide something big. God already had a plan in place to bring us back into his arms. We see it in verse 15, where he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. He's talking about the Messiah. He's talking about Jesus. God is saying, I am going to come. And I'm going to initiate this. I'm going to come in, in, in the person of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to do all this work for you. And it's going to be through Jesus. It's going to be through me. That intimacy with me is going to be initiated again. Man, God, he went to infinite lengths to make himself one whom we can know personally and intimately in Jesus Christ. Personally and intimately in Jesus. And that gate we see in verses 23 to 24, how it was closed. That gate was closed and the cherubim is over it and the flaming sword, it's guarded because it would be reopened again. It would be reopened again. And to re enter the garden, somebody had to take that flaming sword upon himself. That's Jesus. Jesus took that flaming sword upon himself. The heat was on Jesus. The heat was on Jesus, but he never hid from God's will. Man, he never hid from God's will of redemption on the cross. He hid in the loving arms of the Father, even in the most dreadful circumstances on the cross. Satan would bruise Jesus' heel, yes. He would bruise Jesus' heel, but by suffering and dying, Jesus bruised Satan's head. And it's through Jesus where we get intimacy back with God. And through the cross, this is how intimacy works with God. Through the cross, The cross shows me how sinful I am. That he needed to endure that. That had to happen. That's how sinful I am. The cross had to happen. But man, it also shows me how loved I am. That he wanted to do that. It shows me how sinful I am. And then it shows me how loved I am by God. God's grace on the cross empowers us. Man, when we believe in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, God's grace on the cross, it empowers us to be vulnerable. It empowers us to be open with Him. We don't have to hide from Him. I'm sinful, but you love me. I'm sinful, but I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be afraid. We don't have to hide from it. When my identity is in God and his grace on the cross, I can be vulnerable and open with others and love others well. I have nothing to fear. I have nothing to fear because there is nothing somebody can know about me that God doesn't already know. I have nothing to fear. People can't take righteousness away from me because my righteousness is not my own. My righteousness is Christ's righteousness. Nobody can take that away from me. So I can be open. I can be vulnerable with people. And that brings great peace and it brings great humility into our hearts and into our relationships. If our identity is in what others think of me, I won't be vulnerable. I won't be open. I'll hide. I'll hide. My life will be marked by superficial relationships because I don't get close to people. I don't get close to people. That's if my identity is in what others think of me. Man, you saw it in Adam and Eve. Man, their identity went from this harmony with God, and then they, they, all this self-consciousness and self-absorbedness and self-centeredness came in, and all of a sudden their identity just became into themselves and what others thought about them. If there was a love... If there was a love that's infinitely greater than any love of this world, it would be everything that we need. This love. If there was a love that's infinitely greater than any love of this world, it would be everything that we need, and that is the love of God in Jesus Christ. That's the love of God. Man, my prayer is that we stop hiding. We stop hiding from him. We stop hiding from him, And start hiding in him. And being vulnerable with him. And being open with him. Confessing. Repenting. God why do I feel this way. About myself. Why do I feel this about you. Asking him questions. Interacting with God. Struggling with God. Wrestling with God. May we hide. Not from him. But in him. I want to pray scripture now. I want to pray this scripture really through the Psalms. And it's going to be on the screen. You just, uh, it just really speaks to the intimacy um, that God wants us to have. He wants us to hide in him. And this is going to be our prayer to end this message. and before we worship in one last song.